0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miquez and Mash here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Got a lot to do. Got a little time to do it. Why don't we just get on right into it? Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh on your Wednesday, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. You there. Producer extraordinaire, James Mesh, in his chair. I'm going to keep the rhyming thing going as long as I can. James, is going on, buddy? How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Hey, we, we got a lot to do. We do. And we don't and, have a and lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. We have an hour. Um, and, and again, like NBA Finals, the Saints, the Astros, pro sports teams getting sold for a bajillion dollars. We've got a lot to talk about. So why don't we get to it? First off, poll question of the day it is time for another Miguez versus Mesh challenge. The last two have not gone my way. I'm feeling third time's the charm. I hope. God, I hope. So here's the four choices. A game of Madden. A game of 2K. Putt, putt. Heyo. Or a soccer penalty kick shootout. James, do you have like a favorite that you would rather do out of these four? I don't care. You I don't, really don't. He he. It doesn't matter to me. He's so he's so cocky in that I'm little in that little production box. I'm just telling it how it is. I'm gonna beat Matt no matter what we you do. Could, you'll
2: probably take the 2K one because I'm not good at 2K or Madden. You think you're goaded on the sticks? I mean, I'm pretty. I'm, I play a lot of video games, dude. And I and I don't. So you oh, you God. may you may take the video game ones, but I feel like I got a good shot at the real life ones.
1: Yeah, I and and I'm pretty good at putt putt. I'm not bad at putt-putt, so we could. What course? I mean, I've played Cart Ranch. No,
2: but I'm asking what course will we play on? Not which ones you're good at. Which one will we play on? Probably Cart
1: Ranch. That's what I was thinking.
2: I mean, that's a classic. You can't go wrong with it. Probably Cart Ranch.
1: Um, I mean, the only two you really have in life yet are Cart Ranch or you go to Cajun Fast Track and Henderson. And I've never been there. Um, and it's indoor. It's kind of small. won't have the um, elements affecting. Right, right. Not that the elements really affect you at putt-putt. Unless unless
2: you somehow play while you're raining.
1: Okay. Anyways, uh, let's look at this. The Boston... Not Boston. i got the NBA Finals on my brain. The Denver Broncos have been sold for $4.65 billion. It is one of the largest... It is the largest price paid for a North American sports franchise. The Walter Pinner Group, which is headed by Walmart heir Rob Walton, his daughter, Carrie Walton Pinner, and her husband, Greg Pinner, will also include Melody Hobson, co CEO of Ariel Investments, as well as chair of the board of Starbucks. And a director of JP. Morgan Chase, so Chase Bank, Starbucks, and Walmart. James, could you have three bigger brands in one group? It's really tough. I mean that, that's a pretty good team. I mean I mean Jesus, Starbucks, JP. Morgan Chase, and two well technically three, if you want to count the husband, Walmart executives. Martin chimes in on the poll question already. Since Top Golf isn't an option, I'll go with Madden. I mean, I wish Top Golf was an option, but who, who's who's got time to drive to Baton Rouge these days? Not I. <laughs> right, right, and also, as much as we love doing these challenges, Top Golf's kind of pricey for one of these challenges, unless we go on a Tuesday when it's half price. Uh, hey, I like Half Price Tuesdays. Anyways, Bryson DeChambeau, while we're on the subject of golf, Bryson DeChambeau has announced that he is joining the LIV Golf Invitational. I mean, dude, when's, when, when is it going to end? What, Roy McIlroy going to go LIV next? Like, where do we draw the line of, I mean, okay, this has gone too far.
2: The question is, who hasn't joined? The Liv. Yeah. That's the that's the real question. Who hasn't? Because we've had so many big names already do it. And,
1: and you know that this isn't going to be the last one. No, no. You this know is, it's not.
2: This is this is like NFL free agency, like the first two days, and even beforehand, before it gets started. Like we got we got a de- agreements already being signed, and then Patrick Reed's also
1: joining Liv. I mean, you you talk about two of the most polarizing golfers on the PGA tour. And then, you know, you throw in some guys that have won some major championships. You've got Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Martin Kamer, Sergio Garcia, Charles Schwartzel, Graham McDowell, and Louis Oosthuizen have all won PGA majors and are now on the L I V tour. I mean, if you really look at the PGA Tour and what's left, you got Roy McElroy, you got Scotty Scheffler, you got Cameron Smith, you got Jordan Spieth, you got Justin Thomas, and then Tiger. But, like, outside of that, what other big names are still hanging around the PGA Tour? Like, big time household golfers. There's not many left. And. You know Bryson's going for. I want to say I read the number was 125 million dollars in a to go play for the LIV. Like that's just insane amounts of money. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there with with that with golfers leaving the PGA Tour to join this new tour. For the LIV. Game three of the NBA Finals is tonight. Between the Warriors and the Celtics, it's an 8 p.m. first tip. James, do your Celtics take a 2 1 series lead tonight?
2: I got to believe so. Yeah. Back at home? Pretty good. I mean, and you haven't lost a. You haven't lost back-to-back games yet.
1: Did you submit that ridiculous nine-leg parlay that you created?
2: I have not, and in fact, I was going to put it in the Twitter space to see what people thought. So, if you're interested... Why why don't you go ahead and enlighten the people? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The nine-leg parlay includes Celtics minus 3.5, over 213 in the total points, smart to have 15-plus points, Smart to have pretty much six plus assist. Tatum to have twenty five plus points. Curry to score twenty plus. Clay to have at least fifteen. Tatum to have over four or more threes. And then smart to have three or more threes.
1: There's just so much going on there.
2: Twenty twenty eight dollar wager would win me fourteen
1: hundred. Fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred bucks, James. What would you do with fourteen hundred bucks? I can think of a few things. Like if you if you won fourteen hundred dollars today, what would you do with it? Oh, I would try not to blow it. Well, we we would hope.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't really think of anything off the top. I'm more of a in the moment type of buyer. So it's like if I see something and it's like, okay, yeah, I gotta get this. Yes,
1: yes, we know Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, like yeah, it's perfect as a example. Yes, yes, we know. Um all right, so we only got an hour, but we have two guests lined up. Brendan is going to join us here at 4:15 for our weekly Who Dat Wednesday segment, and then at 4:30 Keith Smith. He is a contributor to the Celtics blog, which is a blog devoted to the Celtics that has been running since 2000 since 2004. Uh, he will join us at 4:30. He's also a contributor to spot track, which is James's Bible in sports analytics. So we will we will talk to Keith at 430 about the NBA finals, more specifically the Boston Celtics. And as always the hotline wide open in the other two segments, 337-706-0111 here in Acadiana. You can also watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3. And Channels 133 on LUS Fiber. We got a couple more comments on the poll question. Matt Reed says, putt-putt. I'm in. Jamie Green says, a soccer shootout. I'll be goalkeeper. Hey, Jamie's on cloud nine right now. His lightning tied it up last night. His lightning tied it up last night. They made me about twenty bucks, so I was I was pretty happy about the Tampa Bay Lightning too. I had a there was a bet I think it was plus three fifty. Steven Stamkos scores a goal, Lightning win, and and that hit. So, thank you Stamkos, thank you Tampa Bay, appreciate you. Um, that's that's my gas money for the week. Do do you believe a second of that, James? The gasoline cost me twenty dollars a week.
2: <sighs> that's a
1: lie. Yeah. Thank you. That's a lie. <laughs> um, let's see. What else can we get into? The Mariners and Astros. Astros getting the monkey off their back last night. Four to one over the Mariners. Justin Verlander. The dude is filthy. I mean, absolutely just filthy. Seven innings, one earned run. He walked two. And struck out 12. You had an RBI, you had a two run single from Kyle Tucker, you had an RBI single from Jeremy Pena, and then you had a two run homer from your Don Alvarez in the eighth that would secure the victory for the Astros, Chris Flexen getting the loss for Seattle, 6 and 2 thirds, earned runs, 2 Ks, 3 walks, and then Ryan Presley coming in in the ninth to notch the save. He struck out two in the ninth inning with those 12 strikeouts. Justin Verlander now sits at 17th in the all-time strikeouts list. They will play today one more time at 530, at 540, which is why our show is ending at 5-5, five five. Jose Arkieti will be on the bump for the Strohs, 5 and 2 on the year with a 4.76 ERA, 51 innings, 69 hits, 40 strikeouts, he's walked 8. And then for the Mariners, it'll be Logan Gilbert, a 5 and 2 record with a 2.22 ERA. He's pitched 65 innings, only given up 48 hits, he struck out 67, but he has walked 19. So we'll see what happens there. In the juice box, again, the Broncos getting sold for a ridiculous amount of money, Bryson DeChambeau leaving the PGA Tour, James Drew Brees leaving NBC altogether. He set him out. Wants to spend more time with his family. I don't know how long that'll last. We've heard that before. (laughs) Yeah. We've heard that before. Um and and it lasted about three months. Brady's? No, that was
2: that was like a month.
1: Well, no, I'm t- I'm not talking about Brady. I'm talking about Breeze. Oh. When, when Breeze retired, his reasoning for retiring was that he wanted to go spend more time with his family, and that was in January. And then that summer, he started working for NBC. And then now here we are a year later, and he wants to spend time with the family. We'll see how long that lasts. A month, probably, if that. Hey, kids are off for the summer. He's gonna be home with them all day. He's gonna be like, I'm, so, as soon as school rolls around, I'm, I'm tired of these dudes. I'm tired of y'all. I'm going back to work. Uh, Let handle them. Let's see what else. Uh, Baker Mayfield was excused from minicamp, and what is being ruled a mutual decision. And then, according to multiple reports, Saquon Barkley is beginning to trust his body again. And somebody was quoted saying that he is starting to get that swagger back. Now that's an audio that we need. Really? Saquon... This is a quote from Saquon. Coming into this mini camp, focusing on my body, working on my body, doing all the little things necessary to keep my body healthy. When you have that, when you can trust your body, your confidence grows. I would say the difference from college to now was I was a way more confident player in college and early in my career than I was prior to last year. Now I'm starting to get that swagger back. Well, the next line in this article is, that would be just in time. Barkley, 25, is set to play this season on the fifth-year option of his rookie contract. So it's make or break time. If you don't give the Giants reason to re-sign you, you're out looking for a job. Now, granted, somebody's going to throw money at Saquon Barkley. Why? Because he's Saquon Barkley. The dude could tear his ACL seven times, somebody's going to pay him. That's just, that's just how it is. It's like Odell Beckham. The dude can get hurt as many times as he wants to. Somebody's still going to throw money at him. However, you're going to find out, does he want to be in the Meadowlands, in the blue and white, long term? James, would you be a member of the New York football Giants? long-term with the craziness that they have going on?
2: I'd have to see how this year goes and what their plan is for next offseason. I'm kind of leading towards no, but I kind of have to see what all all happens because you never know with the NFC East. The Cowboys could fall right on their face and go back to being Instead of seven and nine be. now be eight and nine and have under five hundred records, the commanders, they could fall just as easily as well. The only thing is we also got to see what the Eagles look like. It all just kind of depends on how winnable that division is. Because see, if you if this is a winnable division and you can make strides and be nine and eight, ten and six and win the division, you get the four seed and you're hosting a playoff game
1: see you're, you're high on the', you're the high on the eagles i'm not I still don't think they're there and it's not because they don't have talent obviously you know aJ brown Devontae Smith like you got weapons Goddard Goddard on and on two questions i have is number one is aJ brown not AJ brown Jalen hurts is he the guy at quarterback and then number two is Nick Sirianni, the right guy to lead this team.
2: And here's the thing, here's you could ask the same question about is Dennis
1: Allen finally ready? Oh, and, and is and is Jameis and, Winston ready? And and, and uh, those are both questions that I have. I'm not sold on the Eagles. i the only reason I'm sold on the Saints is because they have an elite defense.
2: The way I see it is with both teams is. They both had winning records. And they both of their rosters got better. That's how I see it. And then with the Eagles, this is going to be the second year under Sirianni. This isn't the first year. This isn't him being a rookie. This is his second year, second go around with the team. And let's see how it goes. I think it improves. You're in a winnable division. Com- the Commanders, I think they take a step down. Cowboys, It'll be top-heavy with the fact that they have a lot of wins, but that's just because it's an easy schedule. And then once you get to the playoffs, they'll probably be out of there the first
1: round. Right. Trail is putting on a free all-day event Saturday, June 18th at Cafe 20.3 at 1500 General Mouton here in Lafayette. In addition to free paddling, there will also be a party featuring live music to help out the Mile Zero Heroes by raising awareness and to build the new Teat Fair Park and Boat Launch at Mile Zero of the Vermilion River. Donations and sponsorships are always welcome. Trail will match up to the first $20,000 in donations. For more information, visit www.latrail.org. Take a time out right here when we return on Crush Time with Me, guys and Mesh. Brendan Ertle, our guy, is going to join us for Who At Wednesday and get you in the know for the black and gold. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Hood at Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh.
1: Man, Brendan Ertle, what's going on, my dude? How are you?
3: What's good, doing good, you know, just wrapping up with school i know I know you're graduating all, but you know I, I'm still out here working, but you know, all done now and get to focus in on Saints football
1: so did you take summer classes or something like why are you still in school in June?
3: you know, you know Oregon it's not as cool as Louisiana, so you know we we just we just work longer and more just it's I don't like it
1: you know there there's no way there's no way y'all start at the same time we do.
3: Oh, probably not. We probably start a lot later. I think we start like late September.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's why. That's <laughs> why. Because we, we start like August 15th.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, I get to enjoy my summer.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Brendan Ertle. All right, man. Let's do, let's do this. Mandatory <laughs> mini camps are underway. Jameis, Michael Thomas was running sprints. In the indoor facility yesterday. What can fans Mm -hmm. what can fans make of that?
3: I mean, nothing but positive things there for Mike T. I think some fans want to turn it into something that's not. I know I I saw a couple of fans literally stopwatch timing his whatever thirty or four yard run. It's like it's not about that. He's he's dealing with rehab, he's doing a very, very serious injury and you know, just seeing him run. Is is so, so positive for me, and if, if he can at least like you know get on the field for minicamp, I mean that'd be huge. But I don't even expect that. I think Jamis was a, you know a miracle being out there so early. Uh, but just seeing him out there running, I mean that's it's great news. It Doesn't matter if he looks slow or not. that's never was his game. He's not. It's not like he needs to get his speed back. That that's not how he became one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. It was never his speed.
0: So
3: and then he, of course, in a tiny little quotes, it says talk soon. So you know he's got still got that. Mamba mentality too so I mean I'm encouraged by
1: it now one one thing I want to ask you is you know people are quoting or, or people are comparing Ndamik and Sue, or what comparing is not the right word joining Ndamik and Sue and the Saints what do you mm-hmm. think about that what do you think about Sue coming to New Orleans you know where do you stand on that situation
3: well, I think it's more so the need of the tackle position. I don't think you look at the roster right now, and that's probably the, the biggest question mark is next to David on your who's going to start? Uh, I really like Contavia Street. Now obviously brought in Jill Johnson as well. And, you know, Rookie's there as well. Shai um, Tuttle, Malcolm Roach too, but there's no clear front runner, you know, and that's always been a position that the Saints have thought highly of. And, you know, there was even some buzz that Saints might take Jordan Davis in the draft. So I think – you know, Saints fans and the Saints have been through this before, but I think adding Sue, you know, makes your team a whole lot better. And the big thing with Tampa was they didn't never really offer him the money he wanted. And, of course, they go get uh, Keem Hicks, who you know how that ended with us. But I, I think it would be a really good fit. Uh, it's not like his production at all has declined. I mean, he had 14 and a half sacks in the past three years with the Bucks. Didn't miss a start, and that's kind of the main thing. You know, I think Sue and David Onyemata next to each other would just be just be huge. And we haven't had a game changer at that second defensive tackle position in you know a long time. And just this elite level defense, the Saints aren't afraid to spend money. I think it makes a lot of sense if if they want to go down that road. I know the Raiders and the Browns were also talking on, but I'm for it.
1: Chat with Brendan Ertle here on Who Dat Wednesdays. All right, there was a there was a. Quote that came out from Mike Evans that says, "And I quote: We don't like the Saints." <laughs> Give me your thoughts on that.
3: Oh, uh, well, I, I don't blame them. I'd be frustrated too. If, you know, if my job every single Sunday was to you know go to work and I'm trying to turn in my assignment and I just keep getting keep getting blocked by this corner, and I just can't can't get past them. I mean, I'd be a little frustrated too. And you know, Marshawn's got the better of him, and the Saints' defense has gotten the better of him every single time. And it's not just Tom Brady. It's been, you know, even when Jameis was there, even when Ryan Fitzpatrick was there as well. So Mike just hasn't had a lot of success against the Saints. And, I, I mean, I don't hate the guy. I, I think Mike Evans is a great player. I think he's he's funny. He's You know, he just loves the game. And I, I would hate us, too. I mean, if we're being honest, each and every single time, it's it's something frustrating. And, you know, it took Drew Brees missing along and Jared Cook. You know, we talked about this to, to really throw the game for us to beat him. So, I mean, I'd be frustrated too. All
1: right, so hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But mm-hmm. talk to me about the Deshaun Watson scenario three uh, months post Saints trying to sign him. Are, are Are you glad the Saints missed out?
3: Well, the thing is, this this off season has been an absolute roller coaster. We started off with the Tyron Matthew rumors. And then those kind of fell off because we had Deshaun Watson, sweepstakes. And I mean I checked my phone usage and it was never higher like it was an unhealthy amount that I wasn't just on my phone, it was on Twitter. And I once that ended, I was so happy it ended. And at the time, you know, you could kinda of get wrapped up in the football mindset of like, dang, we could have had a generational quarterback but then like were you gonna have a generational quarterback? Like is he going to play and it just keeps getting worse and worse, I went from twenty three allegations to twenty four, and then all of a sudden it comes up with this sixty six number of like sixty six like I don't know what you want to call it. And it's just like this is really, really bad. It's like as a commissioner of the NFL, it doesn't matter what you know, if what happens in court with this guy, it's like do you want your brand and the the brand of the Browns being ahead being Deshaun Watson who has, you know, sixty six things up in the air right now with him and it's it's really it's a really big issue. And you know, after he missed on Deshaun it was pretty quiet for a while. It's like, okay, now do the Saints because they missed out on this guy, do they, you know, just kinda coast and get by but it's like they signed Jameis and then from there it was like we believe in this guy. Let's go let's go build around him. I think he was a little bit frustrating for lots of Saints fans that they even tried to get him and, you know, that was kind of the main part. You reach out, you try and get him, you're going to get the backlash. And they did, and they didn't get him. So it's like, yeah, that kind of sucks. But I mean, like you said, hindsight 2020, you get Tyron Matthew, you get Jarvis Landry, you get Jameis, who I think majority of the Saints fans would have preferred Preferred Jameis. I, I like this outcome more than any other outcome that could have been. Um, it, I think the Deshaun Watson thing, it was more so, I didn't want him to be a Falcon. So I was like, do we have to get him so the Falcons can't? So I think him going to the Browns was the best situation for for Saints fans and, you know, everyone else. He can go do his thing in Cleveland and, you know, those fans will eat him up and spit him out like they did Baker Mayfield. Uh, but I think, you know, I'm, I couldn't have been happier with this offseason and how it played out. And, you know, I don't think they're done.
1: Chatting with Brendan Erdl here on Who Dat Wednesday. It's funny that you ended that with, I'm happy with the way that this offseason has worked out. Mm Mm-hmm. According according to Bill Barnwell over at the Four Letter Network ESPN, he says that the Saints had the fourth worst offseason in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I
3: I would love to talk to people like that. It, it, it kind of blows my mind because this is, you know, the, the way that we know the Saints, very aggressive. They like to spend money and they'll figure it out. I don't know if the media just gets frustrated that they keep finding a way to add these talented guys. But you think about it. I mean, what did they do that, you know, the media is not going to like? And the main thing has been the what they do with their draft picks. Uh, moving next year's first and people think they got fleeced, but I mean, according to the uh, Jimmy Johnson draft value chart, I mean, it's completely even. Um, and then they trade up to get a lot of it. So just, I think them using lots of picks in, in that way kind of scares away some media. And I don't really care what they say because, you know, Ross Tucker came on and talked to Nick and was like, yo, I don't think, I don't think the Saints are going to win eight, nine games. And it's just, it's disrespectful. And of course, uh, a new head coach too, so you just don't know there. But you add guys like Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew. It's not like you're adding, you know, guys like Deshaun Watson. It's not like that. It's these are character-driven guys with leadership skills, and you know, adding Tyron, Iron Marcus, Marcus May. I think those are upgrades from what you had last year in just in terms of the group. And they, I mean, they got better. Whether you know Bill doesn't like the moves that they made or not, I kind of trust Mickey Loomis a little bit more than Bill and everyone else who judges these, these off seasons, you know, the, the draft grades come out Saints get a B minus C and, you know, the Saints got like, what a C minus in the 2016 draft. My draft all is all pro. So, I mean, I don't buy into any of that. I, I hate, you know, watching ESPN and saying, you know, I, I was just watching, uh, skipping Shannon's show and they were saying the Saints had a pretty bad off season as well. And they mentioned Tyree Matthews starting with Daniel Sorensen again. It's like, okay, how much research do you actually do before you make these, make these assumptions on live TV? And, I, I, you know, I love seeing CJ McCollum on TV, and he's just shutting all these people up. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not how it actually is. So, I mean, I don't buy into any of that, honestly.
1: Now, this is the last one I'll, I'll, I'll touch on. Pro Football Focus came out with their 25 top players under the age of 25. hmm Saints didn't appear at all. Now blows my mind. Now I, I know the Saints don't have a whole lot of you know big time talent under the age of twenty five, but one guy that really sticks out to me is Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Mm-hmm. How is he not one of the top twenty five players in the NFL under twenty five years old?
3: And the thing about that is, they posted earlier in the week, um, who is the best slot corner in the NFL, and and the picture of that was Kenny Moore. And everyone's like, whoa, Kenny Moore. Like, I mean, yeah, he saw he's a good player, but the best. And then, you know, Trump, loved that. He went on Twitter Live and was like talking all about it. Um, but yeah, we have CJ's 24 years old, uh, going down the list. Eric McCoy's 24. Uh, Marcus Davenport, 25. Um, let's see, keep going. I mean, yeah, so our rookie class is aging. You know, Kamara and Lattimore are 26 now, but it's like there still is young talent on this team. It's not like they just keep disrespecting us. But uh, Pro Football Focus a couple days ago, they posted pretty much the same post and it was like, who's the best slot corner in the NFL? And it was Cesar Gunnar Johnson this time on the cover. It's like, yeah, I just feel like sometimes they tend to forget and they just kind of go off assumptions. But, you know, like I said, I don't buy into what they have because I think, you know, Dennis. And the Saints really like this roster. I mean, I do too. It's one of the complete rosters they've had. Obviously, not as good as, like, you know, the past rosters just in terms of depth. But going off of last year, I mean, they won, what, eight games and they got a whole lot better. So whether the media likes us or not, I think the Saints really like their roster. And, I mean, they have a lot to be proud of in terms of what they built this offseason.
1: Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles joining us for Who That Wednesday. Brandon, appreciate you as always, my friend. Have a hell of a week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. James, I hope that parlay goes through.
1: Ha-ha! <laughs> appreciate you, mate.
0: Tune in next week for another edition of Who At Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Producer extraordinaire James Mesh, Matt Miguez here. The NBA Finals Game 3 is tonight between the Celtics and the Warriors. 1-1 between the two. However, the Celtics will be in the friendly confines of the TD Garden tonight to discuss the Boston Celtics, the series as a whole, and maybe a thing or two about why the NBA playoffs has kind of been a little disappointing this season. Bring in Keith Smith. He is a contributor to the Celtics blog as well as Spotrack. Keith, good afternoon. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. How are you?
4: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
1: So let's let's start with the Celtics game three tonight. Had a great performance in Game 1 to win Game 1, 120 to 120-108. Struggled a little bit on Sunday in Game 2. What do you think the Celtics have to do to get more of a Game 1 performance rather than a Game 2?
4: Yeah, they, they they need to take care of the ball. That's probably you know, priority number one. When they turn it over 18, 19 times in a game, it's just too much. You're not going to win. Especially against a team like the Warriors, who are really good at turning those <laughs> giveaways into points the other way, so that's something uh, that, that's top of mind. And then offensively, you'll know, run their stuff, stay stay true to what what they do. Um, I, I think they'll uh, you'll know, be pretty solid uh, at that end of the floor. Defensively, they've got to fix a couple of their coverages against Stephen Curry. But you know, being back home, you know, I think they're going to get a pretty good bounce today.
1: You know, talking about Al Horford had a great game in Game One with 26 points, but then was only able to manage two in-, in Game Two. Do you think that's inconsistency, or do do you think that the Warriors made great adjustments for Game Two to really you know control Al on the boards?
4: Yeah, it's definitely not inconsistency. He just wasn't really a part of the offense very much. The Warriors uh, made a change to some of their coverage. They didn't overreact. The Celtics drivers, they stayed home on the shooters and they said, you know, all right, you try and finish at the rim, then, uh, you know, in one on one situations or we'll send help from the appropriate place. We're not going to let shooters get open. So that was a big change for them. They also played Gary Payton in the second, uh, was able to go, and he was in there over Andre Igu- Iguodala, who really struggled uh, to defend in game one. And Payton is a you know, much, much better defender at this point, so that is a uh, you know, major change that the Celtics are going to have to deal with going forward for the rest of the series.
1: Chatting with Keith Smith, a contributor for Celtics blog, here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You know, tonight, being back in Boston... With a split in the first two games in San Francisco, where do you think the confidence level is of Ime Adoka and his team?
4: I think they're feeling really good. I think they're also, uh, not only are they home, but they have been very good coming off losses. Uh, since the calendar flipped to 2022, they haven't lost two games in a row except for one time, and that one time they punted the second game. They, they, they sat a whole bunch of regulars and didn't even really try to win that game uh, very much as they were prioritizing health and rest down the stretch of the season. So they're they going to be feeling pretty good, and generally uh, in these playoffs when they have played poorly, which they did in game two, they've bounced back with a major, major effort in, game, uh, in the next game. So I think we're gonna, we can expect that in game three tonight.
1: Who's the X-factor tonight for the Celtics? I mean, obviously, you know, Jason Tatum having a good night in Game 2, Jalen Brown with 17, Derek White had 12. Who really needs to step up for this team to secure a win in Game 3?
4: Yeah, outside of the obvious names, I'll give you a couple guys who are role players that I think, uh, being back at home where role players generally in the playoffs play better at home. I think Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard are going to have both have moments in the next couple of games, uh, here in game three and game four in Boston. So I think that there's really a really good chance that those two guys, uh, you know, step up and give the Celtics some, you know, key minutes off the bench because I think they can feel pretty good about what they're going to get from the rest of the guys. if they need somebody else who's maybe a little unexpected to step forward. So I think yeah, either Grant Williams or Peyton Pritchard is is going to be that guy.
1: Couple more for Keith Smith, who is a Celtics blog writer here on Crunch Time. You know, talk to me about Ime Udoka, first year head coach, fifty one and thirty one, takes the Celtics to the finals. You know, just grade his overall performance, and you know how crucial was this move for Brad Stevens to move into that front office role and to hire a guy like Ime Udoka.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'd give it an A plus for, for Ime Udoka. I think he has been absolutely terrific. One of the things he did at his introductory press conference was he kind of made three promises. And the first one was kind of humorous because he looked down the table at Brad Stevens, the guy who's replacing the guy who just hired him. And he said, 27th and assist Brad, come on now. And he basically then went on to say, we're going to move the ball. We're going to share the ball. We're going to play the right way. then he said, we're going to defend. And we're going to be really uh, tough, versatile, physical defense. We're going to be hard to score on. And then the last thing was he said, uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, three guys who had experience with him with uh, Team USA Basketball when he was an assistant coach there. He said, you know, hey, we're going to coach you very, very hard. You asked for this you wanted this, it's going to happen. And that resulted in the first couple months of the season. He was calling guys out. It wasn't the typical, we need to rebound better, we need to defend better, we need to pass better. It was Jason Tatum needs to do this, Jalen Brown needs to do this. Even Al Horford, 15-year veteran at times, you know, was not immune to being called out directly, so that can go sideways on you sometimes. But it shows he made up and knew what these guys needed to hear, and uh, you know, and there were plenty of times too when he was good about throwing a shoulder around somebody's uh, or throwing an arm around somebody's shoulders, and you know, making sure he's picking them up too. It wasn't all just beating them down.
1: Last question I got for you, Keith. Give me a prediction for tonight. Do the Celtics take a two to one series lead in Game Three?
4: Yeah, I think they're going to. I think you know, we've seen this team continually bounce back. Uh, in these playoffs, and when they've played, played poorly, they've come back with a really big effort at times. The Warriors can be a little inconsistent. They, they haven't really had a you know truly you know off game yet. They haven't also had a game where they've thrown the ball away a whole bunch of times, which is something they do, and I think we may get that tonight, and I think the Celtics are going to win and take a 2-1 series lead.
1: Keith Smith of Celtics Blog and Spotrack. Before you run, Keith, tell our Celtics fans here in southwest Louisiana where they can find your work.
4: Yeah, you can find me uh, as you said um, on Spotrac. Uh, there, I cover the entire league, um, you know, from a financial salary cap perspective, all sorts of stuff. There, lots of free agency and off-season stuff going on over there. If you want Celtics specific coverage, over at Celtics blog, and then you can find me on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. Be forewarned, I tend to tweet a lot, uh, but you know, we have a lot of fun over there too.
1: Keith Smith, appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the game tonight, and hopefully, we can talk down the line.
4: Thank you, I appreciate it.
1: There he goes, Keith Smith. As a reminder, it is the game's birthday, and this is your invitation to party with us as we celebrate 10 years of being Southwest Louisiana sports station. Join us, Buffalo Wild Wings, on Ambassador Caffrey Wednesday, June 22nd from 4 to 9 for delicious wings, amazing door prizes, and appearances from your favorite 1037 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles personalities like Migas and Mesh, who will be broadcasting Crunch Time live from the party. So come join us at b Wednesday, June 22nd, 4 to 9 for the game's 10th birthday bash. We'll take one final time out and wrap up today's show on the other side. Crunch Time with as a Mesh on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros
0: you're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Johnson throws, Boutte's got it wide open at the 10 far side, he's in for the score Southwest Louisiana's sports station, a shot to left field, going back on it's Gordon, he'll look up at the corner, you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros
1: welcome back To crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 103 7 Lafayette, 104 1 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh hanging out with you. We got one more timeout that we're going to take here in a couple of minutes, and then we'll come back for hour number two for about two minutes, and then we'll bring you to Houston for the Astros. And the Mariners. James, the Astros finally got the win over the Mariners. Time to celebrate. <laughs> Can they win a series against the Mariners now? <sighs> I mean, they've already swept the Mariners, so I, I can't say I can't say the first won. time. Right. But I, I don't know. The more the more I look at it, it they just that's the one team that I've noticed just really seems to have the Astros figured out. And you know, Ty France, Julio Rodriguez. They've got some talent in Seattle, and they've got a lot of money still to spend. I could see the Mariners making a big off-season splash this year and going get a big-name free agent. I mean, I don't know who's who's coming up for free agency in the MLB. I don't follow free agency in the MLB all you know, that super closely. Um, you know, Eric Hosmer is, is going to be a free agent next year. Looking further down the list, I don't see any big second baseman. Tim Anderson, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner. Man, you could have... You could have a lot of big free agency moves next season. Michael Brantley could be leaving the Astros. It'll be it'll be fun to see what some teams with money like the Seattle Mariners are, are able to do to to kind of bolster their, their team next year. Now going back to, you know, some top stories real quick before we Wrap up our number one. You know, what do you think about the NBA... Talking about the NBA Finals. Give me your percentage, James, that the Celtics win the whole series. Like, you are blank percent confident that the Celtics are going to win the whole series?
2: 56%.
1: 56. That is very specific. Did You, you ask for a percent. Did you say that because it's 4.56 p.m.? Uh, no, I didn't even really look at that. It's just curious. F- that, that's oddly specific. Why 56%? Because
2: I slightly lean towards them, but I do know you can't ignore... The amount of experience that most of the Warriors roster has. Do the Warriors make a big offseason move this offseason? I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron joins.
0: Oh!
1: LeBum? LeMickey? Going to the Bay? Uh Uh-oh. Man, how do you do that? Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, LeBron, Draymond? Do you just go small ball? They're
2: they're pretty much no for it at this point. You don't necessarily need Kavon.
1: Hell, all right. Our two and a half minutes on the other side of this timeout. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.